0: Oh, we are bird brains. Well, hello there, Michelle. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Geordie? I'm okay. Yeah, it's pissing down with rain. I ha- I'm now sharing my studio with two gentlemen, let's call them, Ray and Kai. One's ginger, one's multicoloured. Ray? And they Ray. The, Did you uh, name
1: Ray the guinea no. pig?
0: I oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. I thought it might have been a nod to our friend Ray. Well, I'd like Ray <laughs> to know that we have a young a young chap called Ray living with us now, and he does remind <laughs> me a little bit of him. But <laughs> Ray and Kai had to be removed because they make an awful racket. They're they're kicking their hay up into my studio space. I'm not sure this is going to work. They're gone. They're currently they've currently left the room. Ray and Kai have left the building. <laughs> Oh dear. How are you,
1: Mish? Everything all right? Yeah, it's been pissing it down here too. But we've got a little bit of sunshine, so I'm going to go for a, a hike.
0: I'm going to tell you something I've discovered yeah. Why? from my sources. Apparently, it's engineered. Oh,
1: <laughs> funny. Do you know what? I actually have some info on that. I went to the Black Vault. Oh. I looked at documents in the Black Vault. There is shit on that, there's shit on aliens, there's shit on all sorts. Oh, don't we love a Black Vault? I know, it's all coming in a future episode. How exciting.
0: <laughs> it Guys, is exciting. What I will tell it all our eavesdroppers droppers today is that we have had some requests from some very hard-hitting, like, long-term fans, so we're not offended, but... Oh no, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> we have been told by a couple of our firm friends that the last few episodes, maybe three or four, have been very dark subject matter. And who can argue with that? They have been, let's face it. What are you talking about? Cat killers. <laughs> Cat killers. We've done <laughs> atom bombs. That awful you know, news that the Marshall Islands, they're about to drop into the ocean and we're all fucked. Oh, and then there was the one about the
1: piggy palace. Eating oh, the, eating the people. Yeah, okay, there has been yeah, quite there's juiced, been a lot. They've all been juice
0: droppers. Juice <laughs> droppers. So we thought we'd ease up today. And also because Michelle and I have both had very busy weeks. It's the middle of the summer. We, ha- we have not heavily researched or Googled this episode. What we've decided to do, isn't it, Michelle, is a Q&A from our hardcore fans. We Indeed, indeed. And I, I've got a few cues for you. Cues! <laughs> Michelle, we received a fan letter this week, didn't we? Or last week? I love that you call it a letter when it's actually an email. I do not think that pen
1: hit paper. But, but anyway. someone
0: wrote in. They did write. And we
1: don't even know them. It was an, a new a eavesdropper. Yes. So this is from Louise. I don't know where she's from, actually. But Louise, she... you're getting
0: a shout out. Shout out. Shout, shout out.
1: Shout out.
0: Shout out. Shout out. out. A shout out.
1: You're getting a shout out. So she says, I'm new to your podcast, but I'm really liking it.
0: Thumbs up, Louise. Thumbs up, Louise. Thank you for the positive affirmation. I know. And she says, anyway, the Alien episode was very good. I love that. It's not just good. Very good. Very good. Not brilliant, but very good. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right, Louise. We don't mind.
1: So she says, I have a few things for you to think about. Okay. So how do we know that some everyday stuff we see aren't alien ships? Clouds, birds, shooting stars. Could be Uh ships going into light speed. Uh I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I wonder.
0: Let's stop right there and address that straight away. Michelle, what do you think?
1: Look, maybe not birds. Cause no. you can grab a bird and dissect a bird, and you can see a beating heart and a brain. And or, yeah. is there a bird brain? Oh, my sister said she was cacking herself last week. She said she was listening, and she said, "Can't believe that guy said you were feather brained female." She said, "What a dick!" Uh,
0: I kind of can. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a dick, but we are a bit feather brained, not necessarily female, although we are. We do identify <laughs> as female, don't we, Michelle? <laughs> For
1: now, yeah. So birds, I think, probably aren't. But clouds shooting stars could be. Mm. I think sort of moving moving maybe a little left field from that is maybe the things that we – there are things like, you know, how dogs can hear things that we can't hear. Maybe there are things that out there that we can't see that actually are in our dimension,
0: our – existence can i stop you there for a moment because i had a thought only half an hour ago you know i've been away a lot recently i've only just returned to my home with my family now when i opened the bin a whole swarm of tiny flies came out that indicates to me that my husband didn't take the garbage out before he left and some maggots (laughs) were in there and they've gone through the whole life cycle the other thing i discovered was that we are breeding moths back in that fucking pantry oh they're all over the all over the ceiling of the pantry, right? So I, I hate to say this to all my fellow Buddhists, not that I'm a Buddhist, but I don't believe in harming creatures, but I do kill them in their larvae form. And they're, they're kind of dumb and they kind of don't know that you're coming up behind them when they're moths as well and you can just squish them. That's one way of getting rid of them. Sorry. Oh. With a cloth. And This is meant to be the light episode. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to quickly, <laughs> swiftly get through this. But it occurred to me, Michelle... Because when I started squashing the lava, I noticed one was particularly getting a move on. It was like, Woo, quickly, shuffle, shuffle, yeah. shuffle, get away. But it didn't see me coming. They don't see me coming. I'm wondering if they can hear the screams <laughs> of the dying. <laughs> anyway, look, I'm, I digress. Let's move on. <laughs> screams of the dying larvae. Okay. Maybe they hear, what I'm trying to say is maybe they hear things or sense things that I don't because they're tiny. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Don't hate me because I kill moths, guys. They're the only things I kill. Do you not kill flies? No. You do. Oh, okay. Interesting. No, I don't kill flies because they're dirty. I don't want to touch them. What about the maggots? But I certainly don't kill spiders. Okay, maggots I kill. I do I don't kill them, but I tend to wash out bins with them in. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. I mean, you're not going to pour them down the drain. Maybe they're still alive. Yeah. Maybe they can withstand that. They're quite hardy creatures, the fly.
1: Ants. We've got an ant infestation in one of our gardens and it's not good. And so I thought, oh, look, I don't want to kill them. I might just drown them, which I guess is killing them. killing them, Michelle. But apparently they they don't (laughs) die because they hold their breath and they can live. Ants don't die. Uh, Not from drowning, they don't. And the thing is, I kind of got the hose. And honestly, I felt sick and I felt really guilty. What an absolute bitch. bitch. I felt super guilty about doing this. I put the hose down because they're all they're, they've got their ant like nest or queen ant or whatever in a crack oh. in a crack in the concrete that's surrounding the garden, and so I put the hose down, and I and it was filling up. I swear, I was probably had the down, hose down there for about three minutes. Three minutes is a long oh. time when you're pouring. water. You're a psychopath. Yeah, but I just thought, Do you know what. It's going to be swift, quick, easy, and it made – It's not, though. Three minutes is a long time to die. The gross thing was all of the eggs came up, and then I felt really guilty. I'm like, oh, man. Michelle, they're babies.
0: Well, I kill baby
1: moths. I was like, great, got rid of them. Following day, there is an ant march, and do you know what?
0: They're coming towards your
1: face. No, they're they're not – they don't bite you but they were going to collect all the eggs that had been washed out of their nest taking them (gasps) back to their nest
0: that's insane what an incredible civilization the ant colonies are we think these creatures are insignificant but they're not they're not people listen listen to the ants listen to the. i was not happy with them because they were eating the
1: seeds so they were going into the soil eating the seeds so i said to andreas "I, i tried to flood them and it didn't work and he was like no worries he just put poison down That's how you go. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that. But look, back to Louise. Back to Louise's.
0: Let's move back to Louise. Sorry, Louise, for digressing. Yes, back to
1: Louise's email. I think we, as humans, don't know everything. We don't know if there are senses that other potential life forms have that we don't have that allow them to travel in and out of, you know, our dimension Um, I think there are things that exist that we don't know about. I think there are things that exist that we can't see, hear, touch, taste, like within not within our senses.
0: I also think that there are things beyond that, more closer to home, that we don't know about. For example, the CIA and the government's information on all those things in the sky, which they are passing off as birds, clouds and weather balloons. Well... Perhaps they know more than they're getting. They're letting on, and I know that the black vault would lead you to believe that it's all out there for us to know. But there's stuff that only certain people know. I know that for sure. Well, it's like I said last week. You know, the Australian
1: government will never release documents, certain restricted documents mm. about Maralinga, That it and what's in there that they don't want us to know. You know, it,
0: God only yeah, knows. Yeah. So look,
1: I think I think Louise has a point. I think, and do you know what? We'll talk about this in the moon landing episode because I had oh, a I big wait. argument with uh, Chris at the Chris Toffer, who I've renamed Toffer, Toffer at the restaurant. He just thinks I'm mad about, for not believing in <laughs> the in the moon landing, and and we had a big discussion. Hands up,
0: who else thinks Michelle's Stop mad?
1: It. Hands Stop up. It. <laughs> but but the thing is, you know, he said, "Well, speed of light. No one can travel at speed of light." Faster than the speed of light. And I said, well, as we know it, how do you know that there's not portals and dimensions and all sorts of things? I just, you know, he's basing this on our
0: current scientific knowledge. But is that all there is? And I get that. You're right. I agree with you, Michelle, to a degree. <laughs> I think you're right that, that there are things that we are currently not aware of, although we have the finest brains in our world today working away, and we've had, we've got the benefit of scientists in days gone by like Einstein, you know, working things out for us. Mm. We'll get there. We'll get there. We've got a massive brain that's only being used a, a small percentage of. And and honestly, my
1: small percentage is getting smaller and smaller. I feel like I need. Some kind of anti-brain fog supplement or something because...
0: I've got that. It's called mushroom
1: coffee. The nootropics. New nootropics. New because I also found some hardcore ones from the States, but not sure that'd actually be allowed in through the mail. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to Louise. Move on. Yes, yeah, I do think shooting stars, all those sorts of things, could be ships going into light speed. Why the hell not? Why not? Falling stars. Good point, Louise. Yes, I like that. Now, she also says... I agree also that our government... So, I I take it she must be British. I don't know. But she says, I agree also that our government people are too stupid to pull off mass hysteria on their own.
0: That is my constant point.
1: She says, but all you need is a threat that you are the only one that can save everyone from. Huh? Say it again. But all you need is a threat... That you're oh. the only one that can save people from.
0: And that's what people believe in. So that's why people back Boris because, oh, he saved the day. He's got yeah. the COVID. He got the COVID, didn't he? Well, and it came out. Oh, it was touch and go. Touch and apparently, go. Apparently. Apparently. Oh, don't say that, Michelle. Come on. <laughs> we haven't got room for too many conspiracies because there's just so much. We'll just become really untrusting. We can't be like that. We need to trust. We need to. Well, I don't. I have an inherent mistrust. But
1: moving on from that. Uh, she also says, look at how fast we were okay with wearing masks, closing small shops, shutting down schools, distancing, no Thanksgiving, yeah. no Christmas. This distancing keeps us from forming a group to say, no, we won't conform to you. Social me- media makes it easier, but it's not private. And then she says, stay beautiful and
0: keeps keep eavesdropping.
1: Nice tagline.
0: <laughs> well, you can stay beautiful, Louise. We'll just keep trying.
1: <laughs> oh, and I felt a bit mean about that. Saying saying you weren't looking your best last week, and when I was wearing I th- a scrunchie, it wasn't nice. Sorry about I that. I thought I might
0: be in for some more because I'm actually. I mean, what job in the world is there that you can just roll out of bed, still in your pajamas, and just sit get get to it? But at least I ran a brush through my hair, Michelle. It's all I'm saying. All well, I didn't. I know. <laughs> 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 and I'm still in the, in the
1: jammy top I wore, wore to bed. But anyway, thank you so much, Louise, for getting in touch. We
0: appreciate the letters. And look how much attention you get when you do write in. Uh, hey? We love it. Now, I have a question. Okay. From Anonymous from Sydney. Anonymous of Sydney. It's not Paul Scott.
1: <laughs> no. Poor old Paul <laughs> <laughs> fell
0: into a, an eavesdropping hole. Oh, and, and now boot- he's going around at Sydney dinner parties telling people all sorts of misinformation <laughs> that he learnt from our podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't even get started on
1: Robass, bloody Robass, anyway. Oh, God. So, Anonymous asks the question Is Altega real? Or oh. is he just a mythical creature? Is he just someone you made up to pass the buck
0: for all oh. your research? Oh. Now, come on, because Al's – how else would I know what a Baywit is? Come on. No, Al Taggart is very, very real, and I'll just explain to you who he is and why he's so important to us. He is a <laughs> great friend who I haven't seen much of over the last years because I've known him <laughs> since I was about 16 or 17. We bumped into each other in Civic, the town centre of Canberra, when we were both youngsters, and I believe – uh. He was in a band called Kasabi Testicles, so that's real. <laughs> Google that. What else is there? No, he's, he's a great font of knowledge, and I always look him up when I'm in town, and he, he's been a great supporter of the podcast. Anyone who supports the podcast, they get a shout-out, they get mentioned. So, Anonymous, if only you'd let us know your name,
1: we could mention you as well. Oh, but no, Al Taggart is real. He's not a unicorn. He's not a mythical creature. He's a real person and I can vouch for that because I know Al. You know Al. No, but no, we had that lovely picture
0: where I look like an absolute midget and you two look like giants. Well, that might just mean that i am he's a normal sized man and I'm a giant, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. So I hope that answers your question, hey, Anonymous. I'm sure it does. Oh, second. Second. Oh, second. Second. Drop it.
1: So moving on. Yeah. More questions. Do you have okay. any?
0: I do. Okay. What I have here is... We had a suggestion from a listener from the greater London area. She's a doctor. She works for the NHS. So thank you to Veronica Smith. Shout out. You are a star. Now, she wanted to know when we would talk about feminism. Now, that's a big subject, right? Ooh, yes, it That's is. probably a whole episode, and I wouldn't know where to start with that. So in honour of Veronica's... Request, I thought I would just touch on something very small about it, which is can you have Botox and be a good feminist? Oh. Now, we all know that feminism is equal rights between male and female, which has come a long way in this country, but not in other countries. So I do feel a bit silly talking about this. But we've got great feminists like Catlin Moran, who is a, if you don't know who Catlin Moran is, she's on Twitter. She's a contemporary of ours so somebody who's our own age group I would say she's actually a little bit younger but never mind she's a great mind she was homeschooled Michelle if you know who she is do you know who she is she's a columnist for the Times yes she's also been a she's been a journalist for many many years yeah. she was homeschooled from the age of about 11 with no formal homeschooling support because her parents were hippies so Mm -hmm. they were just basically outside their house throwing mud at the walls and things like that that's how they occupied themselves her and all her many brothers and sisters right then she won an award for writing when she was like 12 and then she went on to win another award and before you know it she's 15 or 16 years old and writing for the melody maker okay and then before you know it, she's on television, which is when I remember her uh, thinking, why is she on that show she, with Johnny Vaughan, a show called Naked City about all the greatest music of the time. So it had things like Nirvana and Blur and things like that. And did you think she was good? I thought she was lucky. I thought, why she doing it? I wish I had that <laughs> job because I loved Johnny Vaughan back then. He was gorgeous. So anyway, she has since gone on to great, great things and she's a great mind and I love listening to her on podcasts and I love reading all her columns. Mm -hmm. Her latest book, which is the sequel to her 2011 book, How to Be a Woman, I think it's called, is called, her latest one is called More Than a Woman. And she writes about feminism in middle age, caring for aging parents, something that I can relate to, having children with a mental illness, which I think she's experienced with her daughter who had, I think it was an eating disorder of some kind, and the very real struggle of coping with horrific hangovers over the age of 40. Now. Who else can't handle <laughs> drinking half a bottle of gin on a Saturday night and it, then it's with you for the rest of the week? You know, I don't drink for months after one night of drinking just because I can't stand it. Anyway, she then goes on to talking about her wardrobe, going to shit and having to shop at Toast. But the most controversy was heaped on Catelyn when she confessed to getting Botox.
1: Right. So what were the comments that she had to endure? The trolling, I imagine. Well, it
0: would have been just loads of trolling on... I mean, I know at some point she actually staged a 24-hour ban from on Twitter. Like, she, she came off it in in protest because she wanted Twitter to take accountability for the amount of anonymous trolling that people like her would would have to put up with and i'm sure she could probably well i'm sure she can't handle it but she's got controversial opinions and people are mm. always going to come back at you in a cruel and horrible way and yeah. i don't know any specific things and i'm not and if i did i wouldn't say them but she did make a stand against and I don't know how, where that came, but I do know that people are taking more notice of trolling and things like that now. I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you want to say something, why not put your name and your face to it? For fuck's sake, what's wrong with you? But if, it, but it's still, why do you have to put it Robust. out in public? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I don't mind his comments really.
1: Oh, I know. It was it was very mild trolling, to be fair.
0: Um, Going off topic for a minute, I, my husband's a big fan of the the app. Next door, which is where your local area, talk about things like, oh, there's a there's a dodgy-looking man taking HelloFresh boxes from the front porches, or there's a guy going around opening doors of cars, or I am incensed.
1: Cyclists,
0: (laughs) cyclists riding on the on the road and not putting their hands out or whatever, you know. There's all kinds of people incensed, incensed of berrylands and things like that. (laughs) So. My husband often, uh, you know, threatens to write back. And I say, just don't, don't, just let them don't be angry of, angry of Zermatt. Don't yeah, engage. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, her, so she's a feminist. And in her book, in her first book, which was How to Be a Woman from 2011, she denounced celebrities in their Botox faces as losers and cowards. Now, some of us may feel that having Botox is cheating. and they And we might just think, you know, why not just level up the playing field? How do you feel about Botox, Michelle?
1: I think it's a a deeper conversation than just Botox. I think that is just a very small element of of a bigger topic, which is women being unhappy about how they look and the societal pressures, but also women being ashamed of the way their faces age, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. In fact, you'll see your uh, birthday gift in the mail <laughs> addresses this very issue. Oh, um, I can't wait! But look, you know, it's it is a really complex topic. It's not as simple as can you be a feminist and and have Botox mm,
0: because absolutely
1: every single individual woman has their own reasons for getting botox or not getting botox for having some kind of surgery not having some kind of surgery and there are many triggers many reasons that women feel dissatisfied with their looks but i i'm really torn because you know it even goes down to dyeing your hair in a way like yeah, absolutely. Dyeing your hair, you know, had, there's been the grey movement, going grey. I, I wouldn't let my greys come through. I don't like it. No, but I just don't like it. No, I, think I get it's horrible. You. I'm not a big fan of your greys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember my friend Jess. He always used to say, "Oh, I found my first grey hair today." And I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, where?" And he's like, "Oh, pub in my in my kebab." Oh! Back. I was like, you're disgusting. <laughs> anyway, listen. Going back to Catelyn, yeah, just just to round off on this, I think, I think you can be a feminist, yeah, and still want to feel good about yourself. Of and course, if, if you feel good about yourself,
0: and a little bit of Botox makes you happy, what's the harm?
1: Are you hurting anyone else?
0: No, I don't even need to tell you the rest of my story now because that's the upshot, basically. You're not hurting anyone else. Why do people have to get up in arms? But anyway, listen, going back to Catelyn, one day she looked in the mirror and she didn't like what she saw. She said that she had a sad face. She looked a little bit <laughs> like a miserable gnome. Um, years of hunch, being hunched over the computer has yeah. caused it to just kind of fall in a certain way. So she went about buying facial ex- – now, you'll, you, we can relate to this. Facial exercises, serums. Oh, the face yogurt. Silk pillows. Yeah. Ne- she necked supplement after – I mean, I – I rattle when I walk at the moment, Michelle. Expensive facials, which I find – I did think about that last year, but mm. then I, I then I thought, oh, fucking, I'm just going to get Botox, which I haven't done, by the way, yet. Anyway, a friend of hers convinced her that all the natural-looking celebrities were actually going under the needle in some form. So Catelyn signed up. £200 and 10 minutes later, if you think about that, you could spend £200 in six months on just beauty products. Yes. I think it's actually quite a, a good deal. <laughs>
1: Where? Tell us who you went to, Catelyn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not only was her face relaxed, but other parts of her body began to relax as the, all that tension that you hold. Because you can hold tension in your jaw and that then travels down your neck to your shoulders, gives you headaches. I know a friend who gets Botox because of migraines and another who gets it because of Bell's Palsy. So there are medical reasons to get those things. Well, in Australia, you can get Botox uh,
1: in your... What is it? Your man, mandibular? Anyway, man, anyway, the, the jaw, jaw, basically, if you grind. Let's just call it a jaw. Okay. Because I grind. I grind, and I was thinking... I would love to get Botox just to relax that muscle
0: so it's not mm. constantly tense. Stop the incessant grinding.
1: Well, I was telling Andreas and he, you know, he's got a strict no, no Botox rule. And he says, I, I don't care if it's for your jaw. If you, if you get Botox, we're done. <laughs> oh, it. my God. Oh, my God. It's like, well, you can't say that because I just won't tell you if I get it.
0: What about if you ended up with some kind of debilitating arthritis and you needed, um, like, a – what do they give you? Cortisone. Cortisone injection. Oh well, I
1: well that doesn't plump out your face, so I think that's no. Alright, but, it, but it
0: gives you an it eases your muscles and movement, and maybe because of this mandible grinding that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think he's a bit rough on the old, you uh, know.
1: Yes, but look, I. I've got loads of friends. I mean, look, working in the magazine industry, every single person had had it, and they all had all sorts of things. You know, we even had the extreme beauty beauty girl who went and had like hair follicles from the back of her neck put into her eyebrows because she plucked oh! she plucked too much when she was a teenager. Well, I've and, done that. And then she had honestly, she was one of these women who had like no chin; it just went straight from chin to neck. So, you know, she was like, I don't want this, no chin. Mm. So she had all these surgeries and everything. And it was all documented at Elle magazine. And she got it all for free and whatnot. And I think you probably can get addicted to all this stuff. But honestly, I remember actually someone had lost loads of weight, this woman I'd met, and her face was, you could see it was quite baggy. And she was like, you know, I feel like I'm being punished for losing loads of weight by having this old saggy face. So she went and just Mm. had loads of fillers and she just felt great about herself. She felt really good. And another friend who was a smoker went and had all her smoker lines filled in and she she just felt fantastic. You know, I didn't really see that much difference, but she she really did. And she felt great. And you know what? Who cares? If it's not hurting anyone, do it, you want. Exactly. But the other side of the story is why do women feel pressure to feel a certain way?
0: Well, because that's the way we're conditioned. Yeah, that's ex- – but we're not going to go into that today, Michelle. But anyway, Catelyn um, has had actually a turnaround despite having this wonderful feeling of her face going on a mini break. She then kind of had a bit of a turnaround and she has since written columns – where she says, you know, referring back to her stance on Botox in her last book. Yeah. She's kind of gone back on it a bit because because of the Friends reunion. And we spoke about this once before, didn't we? Yeah, but I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Right. So we've got puffy-faced and slightly death-masked looking beauties like Courtney Loves Cox and Jennifer Aniston <laughs> compared to Lisa Kudrow, who doesn't appear to have had any. I mean, she always looked older anyway and more real in the show. Yeah. And now she looks the most natural and the more beautiful. And you feel more comfortable settling your eyes upon her face, unlike the other two. It's a little unsettling to to, especially Courtney Cox. She was so gorgeous, but they they
1: go too far.
0: They go too far. It's the addiction thing. And then there's, okay, moving on from Catlin Moran, we have another I've also got a few other people that have had Botox and who aren't ashamed of it. Well, because I just wanted to chime in about a, chime. a blogger that we both
1: follow, Does My Bum Look 40? Oh, yes. Yes, she has it. And she had all those tweakments done. Yeah. All, but And do you know what? Slowly, slowly... Her face has morphed into something a bit weird. Have you noticed oh. that she looks a bit, it all looks a bit strange? I don't oh. know. So I think you can go too far because mm. she was, you know, she's obviously a little bit insecure, I would say, because she's getting all that Invisalign and everything. Although, to be fair, I am thinking about getting that because of this
0: grinding issue. But anyway, right. not Invisalign, but I need to go to an orthodontist. You need to just chomp down on a bit of wood of a night time. Have it Get Andreas to strap a bit of wood into your mouth. Of a night. I don't want to hear wood and
1: strap on in the same (laughs)
0: sentence when you're talking
1: about putting something in my mouth at night from my boyfriend. Thank you.
0: (laughs) 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 Apologies. All right. Apologies from me, Apologies to you. Why do I always sound so Australian? I'm going to talk about Marion Keyes, that hilarious, fun-time Irish novelist. She's so much fun. She's on Radio 4 at the moment, a little, a little chit-chat with her and her friend. It's great fun. She writes romance novel- novels, I think. Yeah, anyway, she, does. she says...
1: And so does my friend, Zoe Folbig. And oh, yes. Yeah, they're all of a level. Big up, Big up, Zoe. up to Zoe. Big up. Uh, the Night We Met is her latest book. She sent it to me in the post. Plug. Well, yes. She sent it just in the post to me, along with... A Care package, the most oh. unbelievable care package. I literally was just chomping
0: on a veggie Percy Pig, amazing! Oh, I th- for some reason, I thought it was the Marmite flavored Percy Pig. I don't know why, what? but it's not because I thought you were going to say, say Veggie Mite. No, but so that sounds lovely. Oh, and
1: and the tea cakes, you know, the um, tunnocks, tunnocks tea cakes, are absolutely, t- they're all gone. Um, some oh. lovely teas and biscuits and all sorts. Oh, and oh. some. And some English magazines. So I was thrilled. Oh, so fantastic. Thank you, Zoe. So well it,
0: done, Zoe. You, you're you a good one. She is. So if anyone's looking for some holiday, good read. holiday
1: reading, um, The Note is the one that made her famous.
0: And that's such a lovely story. It
1: is a lovely story. We'll have to cover that in another another episode. Yeah. But yeah, Zoe
0: Folbig's books, check them out yeah okay you'll have to put a little link to that anyway going back to marion keys she says that you can care about your appearance and be a good feminist and she says the botox is because i had such a frowny forehead and it made me look really cross and disapproving it's not anything i apologize for i don't feel like a bad feminist i'm a feminist living in a patriarchal society Mm. judge me if you will but judge me with my smooth forehead is what she says (laughs) now your old boss at l magazine who you mentioned earlier she wrote an article about this as well she's got a podcast Mm -hmm. but anyway your old boss at one of your magazines wrote about her Botox and feeling happy with the results and she didn't care she says she didn't care who knew she said that feminism for her is about equality of the sexes it's not about shaming people for their beauty choices or implying that they are cheating for enhancing the way they look now I better just say that is Lorraine Candy. Yes, it is Lorraine Candy. <laughs> but um, then there's another writer called Hannah Betts. Do you know her? Yeah. Does she work with you as well? She,
1: She. I know her from around, I mean, you know, we're not great mates or anything, but yeah, Hannah Betts. Yep.
0: So she's quite glamorous, Hannah Betts. Mm. She says, I have never understood the notion that taking pleasure in grooming negates one's ideological affiliations. I'm a feminist whatever I do, however I look, and to imagine otherwise is a ridiculous anachronism, a reduction of a global political movement to an outmodedly Puritan stereotype. Well, I'll tell you something about Hannah Betts.
1: Uh-huh. We go. <laughs> it's not actually about Hannah Betts So when I when I was single, if you can cast your mind back to when I was single, and oh, I was those years ago, yes, and I I had a string of dodgy dodgy dates in my time being single. Yeah. And do you remember one of them was with a, a an older gentleman who yes. was in publishing, right?
0: Oh yes. Yes, you know who yes, I'm talking I about. Yes,
1: yes. I do. well, uh, yeah, the one who basically was off his face on cocaine, dancing around in the nude, and then kicked me out of the apartment at two in the morning. <laughs> it was awful. Anyway, wow. um, nasty. He was seeing Hannah before we had our thing. Oh, yes, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, she's amazing," and but it didn't, it didn't go so well. But honestly, I think it was him, not her. But who knows?
0: There you go. Yeah, sounds like it. You- Hannah, get in touch. We'd love to know your stories about this gentleman. I think you know who we're talking about. Yes. So that is that is it. And going back to what you said ultimately at the top of this subject was basically who gives a shit what you do to yourself? It's up to you. Go for it, Courtney. Go yeah. for it, Jennifer.
1: I just think whatever makes you happy, live and let live. If you want to do yeah. it, do it. If you don't, don't. Don't judge other people. It's their choice, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know. But go easy. I look in the mirror and I don't always like what I see. And, you know, you do like that thing where you, you mm. pull the skin on your face to just see what you yeah. look, would look like. And if you go, oh, you, that's oh, great. so nice. And then it like pinks back and you're like. Mm. There's a couple
0: of things you can do. You you can get rid of all your mirrors. <laughs> for one. Well, <laughs> Or you can just be happy with being loved by the people that love you and they're worthy enough of your love. So you've got to remember that you're equally worthy of theirs.
1: That's very nice advice. However, I will say, when you receive your parcel for your birthday, let's have another (laughs) chat on air because (laughs) you're going to say, what a bitch, why is she sending me this? But we'll see there's two because I'm getting one for me as well. We like to do
0: matching uh, beauty therapies.
1: Yeah. But look, just going back to this idea of feminism, I have been listening to the most brilliant podcast. It's called The 11th. And it's on the BBC Podcasting Network. Did I say BBC? You said BBC. Sorry, I meant ABC.
0: I meant the Australian
1: Broadcasting Commission, the ABC. Okay. And it's called The 11th. And it's all about Gough Whitlam's dismissal. Oh, I love that. It's absolutely incredible. You have to listen to it. I haven't finished it yet. But there's a whole episode on Elizabeth Reid. And she was the first woman to be appointed as like direct well, in in Parliament as women's affair advisor took off uh-huh. with them. This role had never existed anywhere in the world. So Australia was really ahead of its time. And she she was in there and she helped to push the legislation through for free childcare, preschool free for under fives, you know, um, money for working women,
0: money for Do you remember in the in the adoption episode, yes. we covered the the exactly. follow up. We spoke about Gough Whitlam's government being the first government to actually make those changes, and yes. obviously it's down to his. Uh, and I just want to go back a step. When I said I love that Gough Gough Whitlam's dismissal, I don't love that he was dismissed. No. I hate that, um, but I love the Gough Whitlam story. I think he's a wonderful politician. He, for
1: me, is absolutely the the most amazing politician Australia has ever had. You know, it was what twenty years of Liberal government. They wanted to change. Gough got in, and he made changes. He wasn't all talk; yep. he was action. No, he wasn't. When you listen to this podcast, you'll find out that his downfall came because he was he was an ideas man, and he got things done, but he wasn't a strategist. He didn't play the game, mm. and Malcolm Fraser played the game, and. So did the Governor General, who eventually yep. Stevens. got him.
0: No, no no no, 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 no. No, Jim Kerr. He oh. got. He was the one who dobbed, on, dobbed on Gough to the Queen. But there's all sorts of
1: things going on in this podcast. And look, Elizabeth Reid is sort of the one of the forgotten feminists of Australia because what she did in her very short time in office, because she actually was sort of forced. To resign, and because there were she she did this you know women 's women of Australia um kind of rally and it actually turned into a platform for a lot of women to start picketing and they they covered the parliament house in bras and pants and put put it all over statues and Wow at that time that was not considered cool by a lot of people, and she was basically asked to resign so. But she she implemented so many amazing – well, she didn't implement anything. It was Goff. Goff already Mm. knew that these things had to happen, but he wanted a voice for women in Australia. And she was really the first first point in getting these things through. So absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing podcast. I would recommend it to anyone. Another podcast I've been listening to um, about another strong woman in Australia, again on ABC – But it's on their true crime series. I think it's called Revealed or something. I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Um, You've listened to something before on uh,
0: Manukian, Leslie Manukian's. Yes, Leslie Manukian. That was on. uh,
1: Yes, well, it's the the same series, but this one is called Juanita. And
0: oh, I saw that advertised, yeah.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I haven't finished that either because it's still in installments, weekly installments. Okay. But it's about this woman called Winita Nielsen was actually uh, the heiress to, I think it's Mark Foy's, one of the big department stores, way around before we were alive. But she was an heiress and she married a, a Danish guy, which is why her surname's Nielsen. And mm-hmm. she bought a beautiful town house in King's Cross back in like the mid-60s when it was all, you know, prostitutes, drug addicts, gangsters, all like mobsters in the cross. And she started a small newspaper and she uh, decided to try and stop the redevelopment, well, the development of the cross because they wanted to knock down all of these heritage houses and put up big high rises. She got in the middle of a fucking shit show she has never been seen. She got murdered, and now it's the, the daughter of one of the si- her sisters. So one of the Juanita's sister's daughter is investigating this, and it is really fascinating. So again, strong woman who was squashed for her her beliefs and her, God, yeah. So really, really great. Two document, uh, two docos. Thanks for those, Rex. Yeah, really Michelle. good podcasts. Have a listen. And in fact, I was talking to Jen about this, and she said, "Oh, I don't remember this." Going back, actually, t- more to um, Elizabeth Reed, she because she mentioned Joni Morosi, which is also what they talk about in the eleventh. And she was this okay. beautiful, very like exotic-looking woman who had an affair with Jim Cairns, who was Deputy Prime Minister at the time. Uh, and she was absolutely slammed, racist, awful, and in fact if we look if we look at some of the headlines for Elizabeth Reed, they would say things like Elizabeth reed thirty three who doesn't wear a bra, said blah 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 blah, I mean
0: and <laughs> they, they a braless Elizabeth Reed says,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, which we God. laugh about now, but at the time, that really made people go, oh, what a disgusting
0: woman, you know, no
1: bra, no bra." Yeah, mum was saying, oh, I don't remember anything about Joni Morosi. All I remember is uh, that woman, Jan, someone, and she did point me in the direction of this. I remember Jan from play school. I don't think it's the same one. It was okay. uh, Labor Minister John Brown, uh, his then wife, Jan Murray, shagged him on his desk at parliament house and famously left left her knickers in his ashtray
0: and that oh
1: god (laughs) the swinging
0: (laughs) 70s wow guys just think those people are either dead or in care homes right now and they were running the country they so no, were running go. the country. But isn't that happening right now? That's happening right now in the Australian Parliament House. They're all shaggers. Bras are being left on photocopiers and <laughs> parties are carrying on and there's all oh, sorts of nonsense.
1: I know, I know. So, yes, that they were my two top tips uh,
0: as we Amazing, were talking about Michelle. feminism. Yeah. Do you have any poses from any of your fans? <laughs> wow. Our fans?
1: Well, actually, I did have a... I say a conversation, this wasn't a conversation. Neil the Scientist had been messaging me and I must have had a few drinks, read it and then forgot to reply. But he says here, it was after our Aliens episode, and he says here, if you have Netflix, you can find that movie on Dodgy Bob. Now, I haven't looked yet. Bob Salazar. No, that's not his name.
0: Bob Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. What did you call him? Salazar. Salazar. What? Balthazar? (laughs) Salazar. uh, Salazar. uh, My son's doctor is called Dr. Salazar.
1: Okay, it's not your your son's doctor. Not him, not her. No, but yeah, there's a movie on Dodgy Bob Lazar. He said it's actually quite interesting. And then he goes on to say, there's another one about some dude that got abducted by a UFO for a week in the mountains in the USA somewhere. And there's all these hillbillies that actually sound fairly credible talking about what happened.
0: (gasps) Did we not cover that? what In the beginning, like in the very beginning of eavesdropping, we talked about a, a chap who was taken for five days. He was with his logger friends, and he was taken, and then he was returned. And his logger friends didn't help him, but they saw him being oh. taken, and then he t- turned up five days later. And they did that film Fire in the Sky based on him. Well, this
1: is bringing bells. Yes, maybe it's the same one. Look, Neil, if you're listening. Can you do the Googling, get in touch, tell us what these two series are because I haven't had a chance to look.
0: Yeah, I'd like to look.
1: Now, then he goes on to say, there are memes going around lately saying, what if aliens are just billionaires from another planet? That makes sense. Now, look, that's a little bit in line with what Louise was saying earlier. Yes. In her email, right? So what if aliens are just billionaires from another planet?
0: I I can get I behind it. that. Yes.
1: And he says Especially he... with
0: all of our billionaires. Oh, they look a bit spooky. They do. And what's their… If they're our representatives of the human race. I'd be concerned. Having a little wax-faced, what's-his-name up there? Ah! And, and then smi- smiling Dickie B. Ah! <laughs> Richard Branson. <laughs> uh, but the waxy-faced one is the one that's married to a pop star and they've got a, a child with, a, uh, yeah, with Elon an Musk. unpronounceable name. That's it. Yeah. Waxy-faced. Waxy, waxy Elon.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, I'd love a Tesla if I could, but who could afford it, quite frankly, although they are making solar panels. So I'd be interested to see if they're actually any good than the ones that are out there huh. at the moment. But Neil does go on to say about these uh, aliens being billionaires from another planet. He says, yeah. I'm prepared to believe this is true. And what they and that they do the anal probing just because they want to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Well that that makes a lot of sense to me, Neil. I'm on board with that. I'm, I'm behind you.
1: I'm on board with that too. <laughs> I mean it's just a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun.
0: What's up there? Yeah, let's have a look in that chocolate canal. Well, we know what's up there because we did it to the last 500. Yes, but let's just do it. That's what we do. What are you doing this summer, um, uh, X? Oh, I'm going to Earth to just have a look up some bums. Do
1: you know what? Maybe it's like, hey, I'm going, we say, oh, we're going fishing. They're like, oh, I'm just going anal probing.
0: That's, <laughs> the, that's, that's just what they do. That's their little pastime. Been anywhere nice this summer? Oh, just back to Earth for a bit of anal probing. You oh. know. Video do nice this summer. Yes, up five hundred assholes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So there you go. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Speaking of series, and Neil was talking about these Netflix series. My sister Steph and her partner Dom were telling me about this amazing documentary called The Hunt for the Skinwalker. Ooh. Well, it's bizarre. I tell you right now, I haven't seen it yet, but it's on my list after speaking to my sister about it because she said there is a ranch in Utah, which is basically Area 51 that they don't talk about, right? Okay. So it is a hotbed for paranormal uh, activity. And who else is in this, ro- this documentary but Robbie Williams? who's yes because he's a believer it. he is yeah. he is in this documentary the whole way through he's on skinwalker ranch he's there oh. doing all the stuff and my sister said the upshot of this thing of this documentary is they think this particular site because it has all of these unexplained things and they also think the pentagon are holding papers back about skinwalker ranch yep. but she seems to think the upshot is it's a portal this is the portal where the aliens come in and out into Earth. Mm, That's why like they found like a rip in mm. God knows what the dimension. Mm. I don't the know the seam. Yes, uh, so who knows? But again, it's now on my on my list. And our friend Jeremy Corbell is apparently on this as well. I bet he's all over that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and probably they talk about dodgy bobblers are too so
0: oh yeah who we've knows? got a lot of research or aka Netflix watching to do haven't we we
1: do <laughs> and I still need to watch Chernobyl Chernobyl I thought yes, I used to do. say Chino- Chernobyl
0: but okay you can say that I think you can say either way Chernobyl Chernobyl
1: well I'll take it get in touch if you're real if you're really real <laughs> yeah,
0: you <know>, he's real <laughs> he's real he's
1: real he ain't no unicorn well maybe he's a unicorn but anyway he's quite magical Oh, that's true. Now, I also had a a request from my sister. Okay. She said, we have not heard from Hazel, the psychic real estate agent in some time. Where is she? How's she going? Has she got anything
0: else for us? I'm going to reach out to Hazel. She's been quite busy recently. We all have. Uh, we all have. Making millions of dollars in her real small estate. startup business. Uh, yep. Yeah. She's been smashing it, smashing things. Good. And she's moved house. So I am hope I'm not revealing her who she is. But I'm going to get back in touch with Hazel and ask her for any new leads or stories. She's got hundreds of them. I Well,
1: my sister absolutely loves any anything to do with Hazel, the psychic real estate
0: agent. So... We're up for it. And I also had a little Well if your sister would like ever thinks that she might move to the south coast of New South Wales, then Hazel can sort her out. Yes.
1: Well, it's who knows? It could be a possibility. She is looking to move. And then Jen who you pointed out Dear Jen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm your crazy friend. Jen wrote a post on my (laughs) Facebook saying, for anyone who hasn't seen this, I'm going to misquote Jen now. For anyone who hasn't noticed, my daughter... No, hang on. My daughter, the small dark one, and her crazy friend have a podcast which I never miss an episode of. <laughs> it was after your shout out to
1: everybody to um, like and share and all that kind of like stuff. And share, and Jen, Jen got on it. Jen shared it. Like, thank for you, Jen, and for thank sharing. you to everyone
0: actually who shared. That's really fantastic. Yes. We're really many being of happy. you who've done that, and it's helping us to help you. But, but I will say,
1: Jordi, Jen is not yeah. the first person to say. That you're crazy. A bit crazy. I remember actually a woman I work with, she said, oh, huh? I love seeing your videos every week, you and, and that crazy girl you do it with. Crazy.
0: <laughs> so. I would just like to state here and now I might be a little quirky, but I'm certainly not crazy. Quirky. I don't know. But anyway. I have my faculties. I choose to be that nuts.
1: Well, Jen also said uh, – she loved our music episode and she would love oh. for
0: us to talk more about how we a got into… A deep dive into Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> None no? of us school Richard Clayderman. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. She's probably got much cooler music taste she than
1: that. Uh, she does. I told you. Jen, Jen had, had the good shit. I think she was… A deep a- dive. Deep dive into the music because she said she loved hearing more about us and how we know each other. Okay, and our history and how music entwined into it. She said, "People want to know about you," and I was like, "I don't think they do, Mum. I don't think they care well, you know too what? much about who too we are." Too bad if they don't, we're going to give it to them anyway. Let's do it. Yeah, and obviously then we had Robin, your mum, who wanted the Why food not? episode. <laughs> so, and in- when did she say that? Ah, uh, well, she thought the potluck was all about food. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but wasn't it? Didn't we do food? No, we've never... I thought we did. No. We we chat every now and again about... I honestly thought food. we've done food. No, we've not done food. We can't. We binned off oh. food. But my sister said she would love a food episode because she loves any kind of nostalgia that goes back
0: to our childhoods and food. Say work! Now, Mish... I've got one more poser from a from a person who's written in and I know we haven't got a lot more time left. So I would just like to quickly flick through Stevie B of Amsterdam, the Netherlands question or poser, which is why is Eurovision so popular in gay culture? That's actually not what he said. I've rephrased it. But (laughs) would you like to know why? I don't think it's only exclusively popular in gay culture because we fucking love it. Exactly. It's not exclusively LGBTQ plus uh, communities (laughs) that love it, but it is accepted by the organisers of the Eurovision Song Contest that it is something that appeals very much so to that community, although it's not necessarily geared towards that demographic. Okay, so tell me more. Well, the Eurovision began in the 50s and 60s, as we know, with very tame and conventional tunes. And then in the 70s, that introduced the eccentricity of disco and that kind of stuck. The Eurovision lapped it up and all these people from different countries, which you never really known much about before, like, you know, who knew about Azerbaijan and what they looked like, what they sounded like, what their language was like. Hello, Georgia. You know, all of that. Yeah, and
1: it's amazing. And Abba. It was a window
0: to the world. ABBA. ABBA, exactly. Oh God. But as such, young gay men living with their parents at the time would enjoy watching the song contest, and it just grew from there. And then I've known about these viewing parties but long before I was interested in the Eurovision Song Contest. Mm-hmm. These have been going on for years and years. And there's a professor called Professor Brian Singleton, and he holds the Samuel Beckett Chair of Drama and Theatre at Trinity College Dublin, and he wrote an article on the sociology of Eurovision for the Society of Queer Studies journal, In 2007, what a wonderful man. Doesn't he sound incredible? What a great job. So he says, Eurovision is full of emotion. All these songs about falling in and out of love, and of course it's live TV, so things go wrong, added to the excitement. Only one person wins, so it's a great emotional experience. That's the difference that made Eurovision so attractive. The glamour, the spectacle, it's all these things that gay men invest in to get away from the norms of masculinity. So in the history of Eurovision, there's been drag queens in Conchita Verst. Yes. That that beard's not real. What? She paints it on. <laughs> There was a lesbian kiss in 2013 with the Finnish singer Krista Siegfrieds, who kissed her dancer while performing Marry Me. So she's singing oh. all these words. I watched the video. She's singing all these things like, I'll change my last name, I'll go skinny, you know, six weeks before the wedding. And then at the end, she's got all these men picking her up. And then suddenly they go to the back, and then all these women come to the forefront. And at the very end, she kisses her backup dancer, oh, a woman.
1: Leslie Snog.
0: Leslie Snog. And then there's a transgender champion in Dana International. Who won some years ago, I can't remember, in the 2000s with this wonderful anthem and she was transgender. She took years to get on, by the way. She'd been internationally renowned, like she's Israeli. They didn't like the fact that she was transgender. So it took a long time for her to win them over enough to be put forward. Her country, that is. Yeah. And uh, then she came back some years later with a song called Ding Dong. And I want to know <laughs> what is with all the ding dongs in Eurovision? When that woman was doing Marry Me, there was a big thing saying ding dong at the back. And in the chorus, she was like, there's a ding dong in the chorus. And people are holding Packard saying <laughs> ding, ding dong. dong. Plus, there was Dana International's song Ding Dong in and. 11 or something. And then of course, if you've managed to see the Netflix original movie starring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams on the Eurovision, A Song of Ice and Fire or something, which is hilarious. I loved it. You might think it's tacky. It's a bit tacky, but it's fun. There's a song that they keep, They wanted to get to Eurovision and there's a song that they always do called Ya Ya Ding Dong and there's a man in the back <laughs> of the audience always saying, oh, I want to hear Ya Ya Ding Dong. Only Ya Ya Ding Dong. <laughs> so what is with the ding-dongs all over the place? Well, do you know? if you got an answer? No, I don't. I didn't have time. Okay, well, we have to. So that's one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that back to Stevie B of Amsterdam. Yes, please get in touch with the ding-dong. Get in touch. That's us wrapping it up for another episode, Michelle. Well done to all of our eavesdroppers who did like, share, etc., and tell their friends. Keep doing it because that way we can keep producing the content that you want to listen to. Yeah, and please keep writing in
1: and getting in touch with ideas, stories, questions because we love it. And we love doing episodes where we literally kind of only half talk about what you've asked us
0: okay well on that bright note we're going to bid you farewell and ask you to please continue to hang on
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) eavesdrop so if you can (laughs) and in the meantime please keep eavesdropping
0: eavesdropping 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 He's dropping all day. Long.